Welcome to the Tech Bramble Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Ryan Chan of Upkeep and Seneca Gonzalez of Harmony Legal. Enjoy the show. I decide to start a startup for me uh you know a little bit of my background i was a chemi from berkeley went to go work at a manufacturing plant my entire day was thinking about how we can improve the the manufacturing process from uh, going from 20 feet per minute to 21 feet per minute and it was all about improving efficiency around the plant um, i started a startup because i wanted to go from zero to one not 20 to 21 um, I wanted to start a startup because, <laughs> because, you know, I had all of this passion, all of this energy, and I didn't want to be, you know, confined to all of the, the things that had been set in place, you know, for, for our company over the past, uh, you know, 20, 30 years. Sure. Okay. And had you had much experience with startups before you started working at that? at that company absolutely not so i had no idea about startups i went to i went to cal berkeley but you know i was a chemical engineer and was definitely not involved in the tech or startup scene at berkeley um i kind of just started out on my own saying hey i want to go from zero to one i basically taught myself how to code and, and basically started building upkeep um with no prior knowledge about startups okay now everyone has a million questions what did you start to learn how to code javascript front end or, or, or apps <laughs> what did you start with? i started learning how to code in ios so i learned objective c i basically picked it up on nights and weekends i actually took a community college class um after my my full-time job as a chemical engineer uh-huh. and for anyone that might be less familiar with iOS and all that, Objective-C is the main language for iOS apps and, and, and Apple things. Yeah, and I, I think it's also switched to Swift now. <laughs> Swift is the newer one, yes. Swift. All you people out there that want to follow in Ryan's footsteps, you might want to learn Swift. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So the other problem that a lot of startup founders have is do I want a co-founder? Everyone's telling me I need a co-founder. How do I get a co-founder? What's your experience with that? I did not have a co-founder. I, I did upkeep on my own. You know, for me, I think a lot of people say you have to have a co-founder in order to start a start a startup. I, I agree. Like starting a startup is difficult. Having someone else on on your side as you're going through this really crazy process is insanely helpful as well but if you don't have a co-founder it's better to go solo founder than it is to have a bad co-founder so that's true that's what i would say <laughs> whatever your, whoever your co-founder is they have a big impact so you have to make sure they're they're helping <laughs> yeah i mean you're giving away half of the company to this other person you want to make sure that this other person is equally or even more committed to the business Um, as you are so if you don't have that person if there's no one that comes immediately to your mind then I would say it's better to start a startup as a solo founder than to have someone um, you know just not up to your par yeah well even the culture at your company I mean I I noticed um, I was snooping around on you guys and I, I read somewhere that you regularly go on like team lunches like once a week or so how's how's that work of course that's super important to me we you know i i call ourselves the upkeep family to me it's all about having this awesome culture that people want to be a part of and team lunches are just one small thing i'm a big foodie i absolutely love food so (laughs) we get lunches we we basically eat lunch as a team almost every single day that sounds great. I don't know yeah. if many people can claim that. In that <laughs> it's so, easy when you're small. 
it's easy when you're small. But the thing is with company culture, especially at a new startup, if you want your startup to last and you want it to last as long as possible, you need to think about these things early on because the people you hire, the way you set the tone as the CEO, it's all going to be there long term. You're absolutely right. So how do you keep that in mind when you're thinking five, ten years down the road? How do I keep upkeep the way I want to keep it as it grows? It's all about the people that you hire or that we hire. So for me, when when I, you know, I can set the tone for the initial group of people and I'll continue pushing that tone. But I push it in a different way as we grow and scale. I push it in the leaders, the executives that we bring on to that, that share the same vision, the same passion, the same culture that I want in all of the upkeep employees that we have. And that's sure. really how you make sure that it's scalable and it comes through um, every single person that you hire. That makes sense. The thing is, let me, let me move on to something else real quick. You know, I know you. I happen to have known you for a long time, uh, <laughs> like by happenstance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people don't know you. Ryan Chan, who is Ryan Chan? Just a brief synopsis for the, the folks out there. So who am I? I am a UC Berkeley grad. I was a chemical engineer. I went to go work in a manufacturing plant. After that, I basically taught myself how to code. I taught myself how to program and I built Upkeep. Um, Upkeep okay. is is software for maintenance teams. So the most common use case for us, we we uh, a piece of equipment breaks in a manufacturing facility, you'll use Upkeep, snap a picture, create a work order, sure. and that'll go to the facility manager so they can prioritize and send out a technician to go and fix it. Okay, so that's interesting. I asked you about yourself. And it very quickly comes back to upkeep because that probably takes up a lot of your time. Yeah. Um, upkeep is basically me. <laughs> so if you, if someone is asking you, Ryan, you have this startup and, you know, you went through Y Combinator and you had these steps that you just told me about how you got to where you are. But they want to know, what do you, they want to know more about you a little bit. What do you do for fun or what did you do for fun? When you had <laughs> what do I do for fun? I, I work on upkeep, but <laughs> no, I mean, more seriously, what do I do? I, I'm a big tennis player. I'm a big adventurer. So I love going to new places. I love traveling. I love exploring new things. Sure. Um, I recently got engaged and we're getting married in about two months. Um, yeah. We, you know, we, we actually live in my mom's garage, my fiance and I, and it's, it's a very this... nice job, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been this awesome journey for, for me and for us. That sounds very exciting. So the reason I'm asking these questions partially is I want to drive home very, very hard just how much a tech startup or any startup uh, envelops your whole life. So could you just, I know you gave a couple answers related to that, but can you just clarify for anyone who's thinking, maybe I should drop out of Stanford to start a startup or maybe this or that to start a startup. Can you clarify just how much of your life it overtakes and like how busy and, and how much of a, a big undertaking it is? Yeah, I mean, I'll answer it in a few ways. The first way that I'll answer it is startups are tough startups have crazy highs crazy lows so if you're not willing to go through those crazy highs crazy lows then you probably shouldn't start a startup the second way that i'll answer is that it takes more than 80 hours a week and a lot of people are working their 40-hour jobs saying that they've got to quit their job before they can start working on their startup and i totally oppose to that my whole goal you know, the way that I kind of started upkeep and the way that I've seen people who are extremely successful yeah. is that they're willing to work a full 40 hour work week on top of another 40 hour work week on their own startup before they jump into it, because that's really the amount of time that it will take. So if you can't handle, you know, 40 hour work week plus another 40 hours on your startup, 
once you go into your startup full time, it's going to require you to do 80 hours or more. It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm currently working a 40 hour work week and then spending all of my other waking time on tech bramble. That's the way that it should be, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes I dream about it, too. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I, I think, yeah, I have dreams about upkeep all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone listening, uh, if you are thinking of a startup and you're thinking of it as like a way out of your job, mm-hmm. you better really love what your startup is about because you're going to spend way more time on it than pretty much any other day job you might have for the most part so how long was it just you when did you do your first hire and how long did it take to decide to hire your first employee man i mean it depends on when you start the clock for when upkeep started you could bring it back what you say you know i know it's a little gray area but it's whatever you whatever you say on that so you could bring it back all the way to about a year and a half where i was working on upkeep just by myself and it was in my mom's garage and I didn't, you know, didn't have any, you know, anyone else. It was just me bouncing ideas off of, you know, friends, family, my fiance. I thought um, you were going to say off a duck or something. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that really changed, I didn't make my first hire until YC. Um, and then, when I was going through YC as a solo founder, it was really the YC partnership that were really pushing me to make my first hire. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you said the magic word, Ryan. You said YC, Y Combinator. Now we have to talk about Y Combinator. Could you tell us about it? <laughs> y Combinator, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's a tech startup or tech um, accelerator uh, out in Mountain View. And they interview, uh, you know, a couple thousand companies every single year. And, they select maybe 100 to 200 startups to join their program. Um, it's an amazing program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's filled with insanely smart people that are insanely driven. Um, and they have this partnership that, that basically guides you into making smarter, better decisions about a startup. And the one piece of advice that I got that YC really ingrained into all of our heads is to yeah. track one metric and do whatever it takes to increase that and grow that metric week over week. Is, has your metric stayed the same since Y Combinator or have you moved on to a different metric? For us, we've moved on to a different metric. During, throughout YC, it was all about users. It was all about um, getting more um, people onto the platform. But as we grew in scale, that, that has changed for us in different ways but in the initial um seedings of upkeep it was so important for us to have that north star metric that seems really helpful i definitely agree with that so Mm -hmm. if someone is thinking i have a startup it has some amount of traction or maybe they don't even have that much traction, a little bit and they're thinking to themselves why combinator why see huh it sounds pretty good would you recommend everybody apply to YC or are there certain cases where it doesn't make sense? Only if you want to become a venture back company. I think there are a lot of other companies out there that, you know, they don't want to, to become a venture back company. YC sure. is all about growth. YC is all about um, being the, uh, the odd one it's all about the um abnorm abnormalities so if you want to be the the fish out of water and you want to become the the next billion dollar company then yc is such an accelerated way to to getting one step closer interesting yeah that's really helpful thank you and then the other thing when people think about startups they Sometimes they don't even think about the end. So what is your end goal? With My startup? end goal is just to have a ton of fun and grow a, and make upkeep into the biggest possible um, thing that it can be. My goal is to create a ton of value for our customers. My goal is to make our customers insanely happy and successful themselves. Um, 
It's not about IPOing. It's not about, you know, selling to another big company. Sure. It's about making and tr- providing a ton of value for our customers. That makes sense. So tell us a little bit about that. Who are your customers and how many <laughs> do you have roughly? Or you don't have to say that, but how are you doing? We're doing great. We have about a thousand, over a thousand customers now. And we sell to facility and maintenance technicians and facility and maintenance managers. Um, we just closed our Series A. We've raised about a th- you know about thirteen million dollars to help grow our team, you know, exponentially and, and really make a big impact in this space. Sure. Okay. So the the common word of wisdom about startups and make and starting your own startup is at least one of the founders, preferably both of the founders or however many founders should be close to the problem they're solving. They should ideally, and this is the the conventional wisdom, they should ideally be people that ran into a problem at work or in their life or somewhere close to them, maybe a family member, but preferably mm-hmm. them personally, they have this problem and then they solve it with this really cool, new, innovative approach. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Do you have to be close to the problem you're solving to be successful? I think it, there's two underlying reasons why people say that. The first one is just you know, having industry knowledge is insanely important. Having industry sure. you know, insight is really important to getting the, the business off of the ground and seeing that there is an actual market problem. But I think that can be overcome through a ton of learning. So if you don't have industry knowledge today, I do believe that people can learn that. But the second problem is about, you know, grit and passion. I think the, if you jump into an industry that you have no idea or you haven't lived that problem, yeah. then you won't have the grit to go through these crazy highs and lows. So just to kind of preface this, it's I don't think that, you know, you have to be embedded into the industry and know it before you start a company. I think the underlying problems come from, you know, just having the initial sure. initial insight. And the second one is just going through the the highs and lows and are you yep. willing to stick through that if you even if you've never lived that problem yourself okay uh, yeah like I, I definitely agree so ryan we're almost out of time but before you go we like to ask our guests uh do you have any short anecdotes to tell like if you're telling stories in a group of friends or hanging out you have a short like one minute story that you could tell us it's okay if you don't a short one minute, like a funny one, or it could be a ghost story. It could be anything. Um, I, I think for me, one of the funniest or one of the most ironic um, things that happened was so I, I basically moved into my mom's garage, and I brought my fiance into my mom's garage as well. Okay. Um, so we both live with her. We still both do up to this time. day. What was that? Solid move. <laughs> um, but the way that we got into Y Combinator was actually really funny because I was sitting in my mom's garage just working or Shelly was studying for her um, board exam, her medical board exam. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, was kind of bored. So I was searching the Internet and I found this application for YC seeing that it was it was due in about two days. And so, oh, wow. and so I, I just filled out the entire application in about 30 minutes. And for and people at home, how long is that application? It's, it's, most people spend like hours, days, weeks writing it. And I had like two days. So I basically wrote it in under an hour. And <laughs> I showed it to Shelly. Um, that's my fiance. And, and yeah. she basically said like, Hey, if this is a big deal, you know, I, I think you should spend more time on it. And my response to her was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm probably not going to get in. 
<laughs> and so this like funny story just like you know i always bring it back to her when i'm like hey remember when you told me that i wasn't gonna get into y combinator well hey look i got in <laughs> that is incredible okay we have a very little time left could you please give any uh plugs for on uh for for upkeep and any positions you want to talk about Sure, we're we're hiring. We're we're based out in Los Angeles near um, UCLA Westwood. Um, we're hiring for anyone that's in a sales role, anyone that's in a marketing role, anyone that's um, in an engineering role. Come talk to us. You can um, reach us at, at onupkeep.com. You can send me an email personally at Ryan Chan at onupkeep.com. Um, check us out on the web and. Yeah, thanks so much, John. Would you like to hear my personal recommendation to these uh, applicants? Sure. Spend more time on your application than Ryan did on his. <laughs> Up next, we're going to be hearing from myself and Seneca Gonzalez in a Starbucks talking about Harmony Legal. Enjoy. I'm here with Seneca. Hey there. Seneca, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Seneca Gonzalez. I've uh, been doing programming for a long time. Uh, worked on several startups uh, in the past and uh, kind of heading this one up with a partner. Uh, so we're here today to talk about Harmony Legal. That's right. So if you want a new customer to know one thing, or a new potential customer, to know one thing about Harmony Legal, yep. what would you say that is? Uh, so unlike our competitors, other products, where you end up having to work for the data, uh, Harmony Legal takes your data and makes it work for you, uh, for your law firm, for your team, uh, for customer retention, uh, to make your clients happy and uh, put less stress on the attorneys. That sounds good, but could you go into a little more detail about what that means? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of times, you know, so a case is often broken up into a lot of different steps. Um, you know, like you may need some paperwork from the client up front. You may have scheduled uh, court dates, you know, coming up in the future. So a lot of times uh, you'll be putting stuff into systems. And, yeah, maybe it might go on your calendar. But the data that okay. is sitting there, um, such as a schedule, like uh, say that there's a task assigned to a client. Well, when the client calls up, the secretary uh, to give them the paperwork that was sure. requested. Happens all the time. Yep, right. Um, that kind of just goes in there and messages kind of get lost. Like maybe the secretary sends you a message, maybe not. Three weeks go by and you're asking the secretary like, hey, what happened to this case? Like, wasn't this paperwork supposed to be done? And you kind of get like, oh yeah, yeah, it definitely was done. Um, so Home Relief kind of takes a lot of that guesswork out of it where, you know, the client can do a lot of that stuff itself and uh, people are notified uh, when that happens, you know, so the attorneys are notified when that happens. Uh, people assigned to the case are notified when that happens. In addition to that, it doesn't stop there. So assuming that you've broken your case up into good steps, the very next step uh, we'll check and see who's assigned to that step and go ahead and notify those people and say like, hey, these things have been done and accomplished. Now we're waiting on you to do uh, what you've done. And so it helps you kind of schedule okay. your week a little better, keep the case moving along so, at, at a good speed. I think I understand most of that. Yeah. But I, I could imagine <laughs> that a lot of people, you know, just listeners, you know, that aren't working at law firms. Yep might be a little bit lost so could you that was a good explanation okay. could you could you just briefly for the layman not that you're layman listeners but uh, <laughs> yeah. could you just in simple terms for the common man and woman right explain basically what you just said or or something else just how would you explain harmony legal to someone on the street yeah. Or uh, next to you on an uh, airplane or something, you know? Yeah, right, for sure. Um, or your own mother. Yeah, so... so How do you explain it to your mom? Right, so, the, so there's a lot of competitors in this market uh, <laughs> right. place. Um, you know, and so, so lawyers have a tough job, right? I mean, they have a ton of paperwork that they deal with 
uh, every day. Uh, they have they have to work with the courts on stuff. They have to work with the clients. And contrary on stuff. to popular belief, they don't all make bank. That's that is right. Yeah. Uh, so one of our one of our partners uh, clients in this uh, actually does a lot of uh, free services for the community uh, for immigration law, um, and. Uh, it's a lot of their time is actually given out. Now, uh, they do well for themselves, but they also give back, you know, to the community a lot. Yeah. Um, and so... I can tell you there's a lot of brand new lawyers that just graduated law school the past couple of years. <laughs> that are not and, making bank yet, yes. You know, some are right. making great money. Right. Some, a lot, yeah. have a lot of loans, and it's hard to get a job. Right, you know? right. And, well, so what do you say to them? Should, yeah. they, so should Harmony, they advocate for Harmony Legal Harmony, if they yeah. uh, get a new job? Right, Harmony Legal wants to help you make... Money. <laughs> make bank so let's, say, right. let's say yeah. you're a newly graduated lawyer, yeah. or recently, maybe sure. in the past two, three years, yeah. um, and you're considering starting up your own firm, either solo or with a partner. Yeah. Why should they use Harmony Legal? Are they too small to use it? Uh, no, definitely not. And I think this kind of answers more of your question before about explaining this in layman ter- layman's terms. So, uh, for the law firm, you know, there's a lot of uh, law firms out there. You know, some that we've talked to that still do paper and pencil, and they've been in business for you know 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of these single man shows. Uh, maybe a couple people that you know help out with cases, but they just do paper and pencil. Well. It doesn't. If you're trying to grow your firm at all, or you want to streamline your process, you know, use technology, right? There's a lot of things like I'm not a huge technology advocate myself. Um, there's a lot of things that I still like to do on paper and pencil, but there's a lot is of that places. Paper and pencil, its own technology. Yeah, yeah, well, it is, I suppose so. Yeah, definitely. But sometimes, I'm about, you know, some modern technology, right? Sometimes using a really nice pen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the best. It's way to better do. technology than a tablet. That's right. I think I get my best thoughts out with paper and pen. You know what I do. Yeah. Uh, I have, well, not every day, but oftentimes I have a notebook and I yeah. write notes in it. Okay. On paper, yeah. pen or pencil. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I digitize it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have some software that'll take the, the photo of the notebook pages and it'll convert the photo into plain text. Yeah. And it'll log it into my, um, my notes. Yeah. And then it's saved on the cloud forever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's also no, saved cool. on my local server. But I don't that's know how many people have local yeah. servers. Yeah. In so, we're, so we're not there yet. Home. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're, not, we're not digitizing your uh, handwritten notes. No, um, but you know, just simple, but maybe one day. Yeah, simple things. You know, like taking those notes, you know, and instead of writing them on paper. And I like how you brought us back to Harmony Legal. Put them, put them into Harmony Legal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, you could search for your notes real easy. You know, if you're taking good notes. You know, search for it, and it's going to bring up a list of those notes, um, list of the cases uh, that are uh, you know associated with those notes. If you you know if you're cross referencing or if you're sharing cases with another law firm, right, right. Um, so there's a lot of cool things that you can do with it. And you say like, well, you know, like it's not really worth the time. But you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, like I I've seen people you know flip through their legal pad, you know, looking right. for a note, right? And and so yeah, maybe it takes two minutes, and you're comfortable with that. Well, here's you know, the other thing: 30, thirty seconds. I mean, here's, you save yourself a minute. And a half, I, I've seen you program a little bit, sure, just yeah. over your shoulder when you uh-huh. didn't know I was watching you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, I've seen uh, the conversations you have with with your employees. Yeah. And I've seen from only last time we met a few months, two months ago or so, um, you've made a lot of progress. Not just you, but your team has made a lot of progress. So everybody listening out there that might consider using Harmony Legal, I'd highly recommend it because what you're getting is you're paying a set price for a rapidly improving product that's already worth the money. I'd say more than worth the money. I'd increase the price if I was him. But the the thing is, maybe I'm I'm greedier, I don't know. But um, the thing is, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, the product is rapidly becoming even more valuable than it already is. It's, It's always getting updated. That can mean, I stop me if I'm wrong, but it could mean user design changes to make it more user friendly. Correct, yes. It can mean um, engineer like product side things to literally add a feature or improve a feature. That's right. And I assume your customer support is getting better all the time. That, That is correct, yes. And how much do you charge extra 
when you improve your product and add a new feature? Uh, nothing, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, right now we're not yeah, charging uh, any extra for that, you know, as we add new features to it. Uh, you know, d down the road that may change, but, you know, our, our goal is to really help lawyers, you know, and um, and we want... Help lawyers what? Help lawyers be more efficient and in their cases, which ultimately means making... Helping them, making helping their the, clients. Well, not only helping their clients, but, you know, we're kind of looking at it from the other side of, like, we want to make the law more accessible to a common person. Um, and by doing that, by making cases more streamlined, hopefully you guys as lawyers can um, take on more cases, perhaps reduce those individual case costs, yeah. maybe not. Um, but, but we're really trying to make a way where, uh, you know, if a client comes to you, they know what's going on with your case. Okay. Um, and well, let me do a devil's advocate thing sure. here. Some will say, some do say, that legal tech is a very difficult industry okay. for startups. All right. Yeah. And some will say that, you know, cynically in my opinion, but devil ad, devil's advocate yeah, again, that many lawyers, private and public, you know, government lawyers, private lawyers, anyone, they bill by the hour. Okay. Why on earth, if they have a worm on the hook, right, right. would they want to work less hours <laughs> if they're getting paid yeah. $200 an hour? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, it's... A but the broader question is, isn't legal tech difficult to bring into as a startup? Uh, it is, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of challenges uh, with the legal tech, so, so, I'll, so I'll speak to that first. Okay. You know? um, so that's uh, three questions, almost. Yeah, so legal tech is uh, is difficult in several rounds. Uh, one, there's a lot of competitors in the market. Uh, two, security is a huge issue. Um, and three, when you get into kind of banking regulations with the bar, um, so every state has their own bar regulations that, yeah. you know, that you have to adhere to with banking. Um, so we get all that. Uh, so for the security piece, uh, I mean, we've taken some okay. extreme lengths, um, you know, in... in and you're talking just security. about securing, securing the, the data. data. Correct. Securing the data, yeah. So you have... Uh, Everybody so, gets hacked sometimes, yeah? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Everyone gets hacked sometimes. So, but um, you've never been hacked, of we've course. Never, no, actually, I have never been hacked. Uh, so, you know, I've been uh, in the... Maybe you weren't worth hacking yet. Programming industry, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. No. Um, or maybe maybe I'm just that good. No, I shouldn't say that. No, no, no. All the hacking firms out there are listening to this. No, <laughs> take that back. Uh, so from the data standpoint, uh, you know, we do everything that's you know secure. We take a lot of great lengths and pride in that. Um, all communications are secure. So some people believe you when you um, say that. Yeah. I'm gonna sure. not believe you. Yeah. Just for a moment. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Theoretically. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I do, but yeah. just for the sake of argument. Yeah. What would you say is your greatest strength when it comes to your data security? Is it a person? Is it an employee? Is it you? Uh, so I think is uh, it your processes. What? Uh, well, I would say you know leveraging uh, infrastructures that are tried and and you know true, uh, proven. Um, you know, so we use uh, you know a system for deployment uh, called Rancher. Uh, inside of that, uh, that makes sure that all traffic that's on our network between our data centers yeah. uh, are secure. Um, every handshake, every request that happens is secure. Um, every transaction you make between your computer and our servers is secure. Um, there's a lot of file handling. So one of the things that we've tried to um, to do is take file handling. Um, all of that data store is secured at rest. It's encrypted at rest. Okay. Um, files are encrypted with Amazon. Okay. Um, so they're stored on Amazon. They're encrypted there. And uh, so even since you mentioned Amazon, do you use AWS for your website? Uh, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so it's kind of broken up in several parts. Um, yeah, AWS for a lot of stuff. Um, so now I'll just leave it at that. Okay, um, <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so you talk about the piece of being hacked, you know, right? So even if we are hacked, um, the data that's stored there is encrypted. Um, so it would. They need the key. Uh, yeah, right. They would need the key to actually unencrypt that data and make it useful um, for a hacker. Or yeah, right. Or for anyone, or, really. or given like something like you know, three point one million years. Or and something. what's more, like what's that, right? more, no, who's gonna be interested no. in some random client's case about I don't know a divorce or something? Yeah, well, some I mean, people, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be so quick to kind of downplay that. I mean, there's a lot of hope. Well, I'm not downplaying cases, it. I'm yeah. just saying, like, a hacker rather hack something that gets them lots of cash or money. Or sure something. does. You know, you got to think, I mean, lawyers handle all kinds of cases. I mean, oh, that's true. Criminal cases. Blackmailing. Yeah, right. Yeah, blackmailing. It could be a lot of different things. So, 
Uh, so it is very serious. There's a lot. Yeah, it's everything that we serious. do is extremely serious. Yeah, yeah, we take we put a lot of pride. I'm glad you take it seriously. It. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not in charge of his security, everybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, all right, a lot of startup founders have co-founders, and a lot of startup founders are Stanford or Harvard students, or Princeton or what have you. A lot of elite schools. In fact, um, if you look into it, you will find that over half of all successful tech startups come from at least one of their founders went to an elite school. That's right. Um, it's not a requirement, but it, it's just, that's where that startup true. people meet each other. Right. That's true. To be honest, you know, you meet each other anywhere, but that's right. where they happen to sync up. That's correct. Yes. Are you a twenty-year-old Stanford student? I am not. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, and I definitely read uh, you know an article recently, you know, that talks about that. You know, and it says that. You know, I mean, we know the stories. You know, some of the great, you know, minds, um, you know, are not, you know, college graduates. Um, I don't put myself in that category, and I'm so prideful where I think like, oh, I'm not one of these Stanford graduates, but I'm still going to do it. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm building a great product, and if people can use it. Um, I want to get it in their hands, and they can use it. I believe it's a product um, that people can use and benefit from, um, and, so, and that's why. I'm what's interesting it. is every time I've talked to you. You never seem that concerned. I mean, I'm sure that you need to make a living. You know, you have sure. your own expenses or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I've never heard you talk about money or dollar signs or yeah. exits or business really at all. Right. You seem to be pretty thoroughly an engineer that just all you care about is making a good Building product. A good product, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In some ways. But you're like, I don't know. Maybe it'll make money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, you know, I mean, that that could be my downfall. But you know, one of the things that uh, you know, you ask. You know, what are my qualifications, I guess, is kind of what you're asking. You know? A little so, bit, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I've been, I have been a part of startups uh, that have been successful. Um, none that have uh, created a big exit, um, you know, in the past, but uh, solid products that are out there, um, you know, being used internationally. Could you name any of them? Um, I won't name any of them now. Uh, okay. Right here. And, uh, but, yeah. But so, is it all engineering? All engineering on my okay. part. And so one of my things is, like, you know, as far as the money stuff, you know, I want to leave some of that to my partners, to my sales teams, you know, okay. to figure that stuff out. Okay. Um, I think everyone has to realize their limitations. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good at making decisions. I would say many software, people, you know, right. and, uh, many I, people I, don't know their limitations. <laughs> right, right. Especially young yeah. startup founders. Yeah, I try to <laughs> right? know mine, and I know where when, I'm, I'm limited. Yeah. When yeah. someone starts a startup yeah. and they're talking to someone on Sand Hill Road about getting in the seed funding in yeah. you know, Series A. Sure, right. Do you think they're going to tell that investor that they have limitations? Right. No, well, <laughs> no. No, I'm not talking to an investor right now, though. <laughs> no, definitely not. I've right. invested in a startup before. Okay, all right. <laughs> cool, right. But not yours. Okay, so I usually like to end these, uh, not always, but usually with a story that has nothing to do with technology. Well, it could have something to do with technology. Okay. Nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay. It could be anything. It could be a campfire story. It could be a more funny story. It could be a casual two-minute story. Whatever you got. It could be this guy cut me off on the way here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, man. And yes, I'm putting him on the spot. I mean, yeah, you caught me off guard here. I did not uh, give him any preparation. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, let's see. You know, all, all my stories, I kind of have to like think, think about. Think like about that, that for a moment. I have one more question yeah, for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, think about it in the back of your head. All right. So another question. Um, you're not a lawyer. I am not. No. You're an engineer. Uh, engineer. Yep. Who is your business partner? Gotcha. So my business partner, uh, so a co-founder in this, uh, is a lawyer, and uh, so he is. His law firm uses uh, one of the largest uh, law firm practice management software uh, that's out there um, currently. And this this project kind of got birthed. So I've I've been a client of his uh, for a long time. Uh, we've been, we've done a few projects together uh, with him. I've done uh, one other startup company as well. And um, so just yeah, great guy. Uh, love the guy. Yeah, uh, he's a lawyer. And so this kind of project kind of got birthed out of a little joke. Um, so and maybe this is my story also. Right? So, uh, so I was in his office, you know, uh, just showcasing some of the other uh, work that I was doing for him. And he was working on this other software, you know the. The one I was talking about, the large one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what his law firm uses. And so he was getting some work done while I was doing some things. 
and he just kind of threw up his hands and was just like, oh, this stuff makes me so angry, you know, and I was like, what, 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 I was like, what is that, what are you doing over there, you know, and he's just like, oh, I'm just trying to put these bills so into this system. You, you, you know, found right? a lawyer with a problem. Uh, that's right. That's it was right. solvable that's with right. a product. That's exactly right, yeah. And uh, so he's just like, man, he's like, this stuff just makes me so angry. He's like, I can't understand how these guys are so you know successful at what they do and he just kind of looked at me jokingly and said you know isn't there something that you can do about this didn't you know, know you were an engineer and, already well yeah yeah because we've been doing some work together already i've been developing software okay. for him uh nothing to this magnitude though right just like simple yeah. things yeah right right yeah uh well you know one other product you know that we built but not not quite of this magnitude okay um, not a full startup not, or the security you know like there, i mean there's a lot right. of infrastructure stuff that goes into this particular product and, um, you know, so I, you know, my reply to him was, you know, I kind of chuckled and said, yeah, you know, if you want to fund it, for sure, you know. And uh, so, anyways, that was the end of the conversation. Uh, I guess it was about a month later, he gave me a call and said, hey, you remember that conversation we had, you know, about doing something about this other product? And I said, yeah, I said, yeah what about it? He's like, I want to do something about that, you know. And uh, so we got together, we had a meeting. Uh, threw some notes around, and so basically, that was, that was how this project got birthed. You met a lawyer that was so angry, right? Yeah. That he wanted to start a whole startup. That's right. Yeah. To solve his anger. <laughs> well, to solve his problem. <laughs> right. I'm That's speaking more right. therapeutically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Harmony yeah. legal therapy. There you go. Right. <laughs> Harmony legal solves problems. Right. So there's my story also. Okay. And then, right before we get your little story at the end that is unrelated, um, one more, one more, one more thing. I know I said one more thing. One last, actual last thing. Yeah. Okay. Sort of related. It's hard to start a startup. Yeah. You need. Some would say you need money. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Some would say you need a lot. Some would say you need a little. Right. It depends on your personal situation. Correct. Yes. And your personal work uh, style. Yes. Right. Um, some people don't get out of bed unless they're already getting paid. Some people work for free. Right. Just yeah. depends on your life circumstances, I right. suppose. Yeah. So, how did you decide you were even in a spot where you were able to start a startup? Because a lot of people listening right now want to start startups. Sure. Yeah. But they don't have money, they don't have time. Yeah. They have children. Yeah. They have obligations. They have lots of things. Yeah. Maybe they have other problems in their lives right. that are obstacles. Yeah. So how does somebody know that they're at the point where they're able to do a startup? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough question to ask. I mean, I can kind of give that's you... That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you think I'm going to ask you an easy question? Yeah, I can give you kind of my own uh, you know, personal you know, take on it. All right, what's your personal take on um, it? It's kind of my personal story. Uh, so I have my company, Alebrum, uh, so we do software development. That's is that currently running? It is running, yeah. Okay. And so that's how I make money for okay. my family. Um, so I do, you know, web web projects. You know, yeah, you can tell he's not a twenty-year-old. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, and that's actually one of my probably you know in this realm, this space is probably one of my biggest regrets is not doing startups uh, when I was younger. Uh, well, hold I mean, on, you know, like Combinator. What's that? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. You know, why Combinator says is the most likely to succeed. What age? No. Uh -huh. They've found, and they're not sure, but they found so far yeah. about 29. Yeah, 29. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that most actually the so, so 40 is where people actually right. really succeed exactly. at startups. Yeah, and right. you can imagine why. Mm -hmm. But the 20-year-olds, they're the ones with the ambitious right. unicorn ideas. Yeah. Well, it's easy as a 20-year-old to just kind of go out and say, like, I, I'm going I'm to work for, you know, $5 a month. You know, right? I have <laughs> a friend who's... Figure it out. You I know, have right? a friend yeah. who's almost 40 that pretends he's a college student. That's right. No, it's good. You know, if you can do that, um, that's <laughs> fantastic. You know, right. so myself, so I have a wife and I have a kid. Um, you know, I have to provide for those things. I have to do that. Um, so so it's a lot of work, you know. So my, my schedule is basically this. So uh, I get up. Uh, between three and five in the morning. Okay. Um, go exercise, do some quiet time. Yeah. Um, and then I go to work, and I work until nine o'clock at night. Um, and then I come home and spend about an hour with my daughter. And so uh, it's a huge personal sacrifice. Um, and you know, I yeah. take I take days off. So why did you decide to make that that uh, life that uh, work for Harmony Legal? You know, sometimes one of the things is that. Yes, these projects have a way of kind of sucking you into that. That's not always been my schedule. Um, yeah. you know, when I work for, when I just work for myself and do projects, you know, I, 
I take off, you know, early in the day, you know, three, four right, o'clock. Right, right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, head home and, and, you know, go on vacation all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know. So right, why do you leave that life? Right. That sounds fun. Well, you know, I mean, it's, this is a product that I believe in um, and I, I really want to see it succeed. And so right now it's a lot of personal sacrifice for not just myself, but my family as well. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, just monetary sacrifice. You know, I'm talking about... Uh, money is which not it is. the I same. Mean, yeah, yeah but money is different. Right, it is. Yeah. You, can, um, you can gain money, you can lose money, but you yeah. can't win back your time. That's right. Yeah. With your family. And, right. And so, you know, those are conversations that we all have, and, and we're in it together. You know, and I, as a family, we're in it together uh, doing this thing. And so, yeah, so it affects them. Yeah, right. Yeah. It affects you. Yeah, that's right. It does. So... Yeah. I would tell a college student... Basically, yeah. Sort of a lot of what you said, which is it's going to be a sacrifice. And, every, you know, let's say we're in a class talking about startups. Then I raise my hand. Yeah. And I'm answering a question the professor asked, right? Mm-hmm. The professor just asked, you know, are you willing to have a startup take over your life? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's the professor and he's seen it. Yeah, yeah. If you're a professor at Stanford, you've seen it. Right. You've seen students that failed. You've right. seen students that became billionaires. Yeah. Right before your very eyes, from right. from zero. Yeah. But every time it took up a lot of their time. That's right. Yeah, it does. So a lot of students don't understand. So I raise my hand and I say, "Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I could do a startup. Mm-hmm. But am I? Yeah, yeah. Because." He might say, you know, or I might say, how much time is it going to take? Right. And he'll say, how much time do you got? (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, right? All of it. Yeah, exactly. People don't understand, some people don't understand. Mm. Not every startup does this, but the vast majority will consume a lot of your life. Pretty much most of your waking hours, you'll be thinking about it. Yeah, it does. And you got to also... At least for 10 hours a day, I'd say. Yeah, and you also got to make the decision, like, is this something that I'm really committed to? Right? A lot and of there's, um, And yeah. weekends, too. How much time do you work on the weekend? Uh, no, I mean, I work weekends right now. Yeah, I mean, same schedule, pretty much. You know, so Sunday. Some people don't know that. Yeah. Some people oh, go, yeah. oh, well, I take weekends off. Yeah. Do you? What no, if what no, if your what if your server had a problem and it goes offline? Yeah, today's a Sunday and I'm I'm working. What if AWS calls you and right. says, "Hey, there's a billing problem. What happened to your bank account?" That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, what happened was um, your customer didn't pay you, That's and you right. didn't know that until today. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it consumes a lot of your time. And there's a thousand different things that can come up that you have no idea about until it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just gotta you know find a project that you're willing that you are willing to commit yourself so, to. And there's a lot of startups that you know young people that get in these weird projects and they and they get an early sellout. Like, yay, that's cool. That's not the vast majority of them. And so, like, I'll say as a web developer, I have had so many people approach me about projects, and, I, and I'm talking about forty, paid 50 or free. Years, yeah, no, hey, you know, 50, 40 years. Old. 50 and 40 year olds that want to do these startups and say like hey we're going to sell it to Microsoft and it's a, generally I'll roll my eyes I had a customer right? yesterday so. I had a customer yesterday that wanted me to build an app for him and he thought it was only going to take me about 10 hours to make in reality it'd probably take me more like 300 hours sure yeah right. to get it right yeah because yeah. I don't build bad software right well I do but I don't. I don't let anyone know that. Right. Okay. I don't. I don't release the bad software. Okay. Yeah. I have my genius yeah. friends and, yeah. and employees help me right. to make it good. Sure. Okay. And once it's good, then we release it. Good. Nice. Right. <laughs> glad, glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not going to take me ten hours to make your app. So that so, you're planning to make a million dollars with. That's right. So what I was about. If I can make a million dollars with ten hours of work, why would I be talking to you? <laughs> that's right. That's right. When I was about nineteen, uh, this was I probably about twenty. I built this e-commerce platform uh, for a company that I was working for, and uh, they did really well with it. You know, sold products online, 
Uh, I knew nothing about SSL certificates back then. And it, it, <laughs> How long ago was that again? Oh, this, I mean, this was back in like early 2000s. You know, I mean, it, okay, it, so it's yeah, forgivable. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it horrifies me though to think that people actually put their credit card number, you know, in that system <laughs> yeah. back, right? Basically, just, just yeah, it's just it's out just, for everybody to right. see. Yep, it, was, it was just out there. Yeah, indeed. I mean, um, someone could put up a pineapple. You know, those little yeah. network devices that uh, trick. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. That's if, right. If a hacker wanted to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been so easy, so easy, yeah, for sure. Come yeah. a long way since then. Right, right. All right, so a pineapple, by the way, is just a device, uh, a brand that's capable of. Uh, you could set up a little honey pot, pretending to be like, say, Starbucks Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. and people connect to you that don't know any better, and suddenly you have. Right. What do you have? Uh, well, you can just easily collect that data uh, that's right. coming across the wire from that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what you don't want. So. You know, luckily we're both fine, upstanding gentlemen. That's right. But that's right. uh, that's right, yeah. if if uh, if someone had nefarious intentions, that's why you don't want to do banking at Starbucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because what if you're not really connected to Starbucks? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can never really be 100% certain unless you're at home or, or work or something. As opposed to, I feel like Starbucks is pretty good. Well, anyways, I mean, yeah. if you know nothing about network security, oh, yeah, sure. if you know nothing about it, yeah, for sure, then Starbucks is fine. And uh, almost 100% of the time, Starbucks is fine. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get scared off from Starbucks, everyone. But <laughs> right. I'm just saying, hypothetically, if there's a one in a million chance that someone is trying to pick up your data from Starbucks, they could. Yeah, it's possible. If, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, right. Indeed. Um, all right, so you want a story. I do. Okay. <laughs> all right, this is, uh, this is the first story that comes to mind. I don't know why. All right. So, uh, so I grew up on the East Coast. And I used to drive uh, for work. Used to, I was living up in Maryland, but my parents were in North Carolina, so I used to make the drive every weekend. Yeah. Uh, come down, and uh, so I would just you know f just fly down you know the freeways. You know I don't right. I don't remember how fast I was going, uh, <laughs> but probably at a speed where they should have taken my license. Right. So I get pulled over, <laughs> and an officer comes up to my yeah. window. You know I roll my window down and. Uh, you know, I play the innocent citizen. You know, I'm okay. like, my officers are a problem, <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's like, do you know how fast you are going? And uh, hold on, yeah. you work in, you know, legal tech. Yeah, right. Now I do. Yes, I did not back then. No, but go ahead. <laughs> so I'm curious if you gave the correct answer to the cop when he yeah. said, "Do you know?" So, oh yeah. How fast oh right. Going? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but yeah, probably yeah, probably not. So yeah. what was you going to tell him? Yeah. Sorry, like, uh, right. So anyway, so he got my you know my license, my information, you know, and um, so you know he comes up and uh, now the thing is I just got a ticket like two days before uh, okay. for like another you know crazy speeding ticket and um, okay so because you're flying down the right, right. Bike yes right that's right yeah so he comes back up and uh, you know has, he has a ticket with them you know and he's like he's like well he's like I'm gonna write you, what state you a in? ticket uh, I'm in Virginia Virginia yep Virginia and uh, so he said, you know, so I'm like, oh, I said, officer, I said, please. I said, I just got a ticket the other day. I probably shouldn't have told him that, you know, but I, I'm assuming he looked it up. You're, and just, saw you're it, going you know, for right, the yeah. transparent Right, right. And uh, so, I, so I, say, I said, isn't there, innocently, I say, isn't there any way we could take care of this now? And his face just changed. It just got straight, you know, like no emotion mm -hmm. on there. He just got real serious. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, like, what just happened? What did I say? And then I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I'm probably trying to bribe an officer. Right? Is that what he thought? Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's what he thought. And so he's like, so let's he, take care of it. That's right. So he said, did, you have a, did you have a Brooklyn accent uh, back then or man, something? I, I did not know. So he thought, let's take care of this. Right? So, you know, he says, uh, he's, hey, can you uh, turn on your windshield wipers for me? That's bad. Like, oh, that's really so bad. He walks to the front, you know, turn on your your lights, turn on your blinker. So he goes through this whole. He didn't even answer your question. He didn't even answer my he's question. He's inspecting no, your no, vehicle. He's inspecting my vehicle. He's looking for drugs. Lo he's looking for other ways to write me tickets. Is what he's looking for, you know. And Fix the tickets. So he comes back up, and he says, um, "He says, were you wearing a seatbelt when I pulled you over?" He's going to every little detail. And, and I might give you another ticket. And I, and I just like now, I, I always wear my seatbelt, right? And um, good job. And so, so I'm getting ready to answer, and he stops me. And he says, I want you to think wisely before you answer me. 
And I'm just like, well, what kind of games is this guy playing with me? You know, like I have no idea. You know. And so I thought, like, okay, the worst that's going to happen here is if I say no, that he's going to write me another ticket. Right, right, right. Um, I should probably have my license taken anyway. So, like, okay, I'm going to go take a gamble here. Yeah. And uh, so I said, no, officer, I was not wearing my seatbelt. Were you really not? And uh, no, I was wearing my seatbelt. Why do you say yeah. that then? Well, to, because to play because, humble. Well, no, because I don't know why he's asking me that, and I figure there's a reason. So you're so, so, so you're I'm, being I'm assuming slick. for mercy. I'm assuming for mercy, and because so, he said answer wisely. You're playing the game. I'm I'm playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what his angle is here. You want so, to yeah. figure out what answer he wants to hear. That's right. Yeah. You're not trying to give him. The, you're not trying to give him the truth. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. You're trying to give him <laughs> his right. reality. Yeah, this is a bad story. You're trying to give him. You're trying to give him his truth. Right. That's right. I want to give Keep him in mind, he, he was only, how old were you back then? That's right. Oh, man, I, don't know, I was young. I was in my 20s. He was only in his young. 20s. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, some forgiveness on this. And um, so anyway, so he says, okay. And uh, he starts proceeding to write, write a ticket. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. So I just got another ticket. But he hands it to me. And it's a seatbelt warning ticket. And he lets me go. But the good thing about that story is that the mercy... No that, speeding ticket? No speeding ticket. Wow. The mercy that he showed me that day, like, I have not got a speeding ticket since then. And because generally, I drive the speed limit all the time now. And it was, like, that forgiveness, that mercy that he showed That's me... That's why. ...was like, okay, like, wow. Okay, like, this this was a good... For some reason, that was more beneficial to me... Than, than the actual than, ticket. Than the actual ticket, yeah. Well, because... A financial penalty doesn't always do it. That's right. Let me, let me tell you a quick anecdote. Yeah. Okay. So there's this daycare, and they're having a problem with parents coming up late to pick up their kids. Okay. So they thought, if we charge a late fee, that'll fix it. Oh, all right. The problem is these parents were not poor. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. And they thought... Wow, it's only $60 for another hour, two hours of daycare right. on my way back from work so I don't have to rush home? Sure. They just pay it. Yep. They just paid it. Yeah, there you go. So they actually increased their number of late pickups. How about that? Yeah. Because they were offering essentially uh, an upcharge for overtime daycare. Yeah, that's good. For like late hour, you know, all the way until 7.30 daycare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Accidentally. Right. But the daycare didn't want that. They want to close at 5. Or 5.30, actually. So they found out that if the financial penalty is not very high or high enough for your client or whoever you're talking about, people will simply pay the fee because it's not, in their mind, it's not a punishment. Yeah. They're paying for a service. <laughs> That's right. Aren't they? Yeah, that makes sense. When you pay uh, $50 for a parking ticket, yeah. I don't, personally, I don't view that as I just paid a fee or a right. fine or a punishment. Like, wow, I only had to pay $30, $40 for two-day parking in San Francisco. Right. That's a good deal. That's yeah. a great deal. Yeah. Or Sacramento, even. Yeah. I only have to pay $30 for parking for a day and a half? You got it. And for the record, I don't do that on purpose. That's just a hypothetical, but... <laughs> I don't really get tickets that often. But, uh, good story. And with that, what is the last thing, short or long, you would like the listeners to know about yourself and your startup and anything else? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I told you plenty about myself. Um, it and, could be about uh, anything. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, just uh, just check out Harmony Legal um, and uh, get, give us feedback. So we're real personable people. You know, pick up the phone, give us a call. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And, uh, and here at Tech Bramble, we like to always know about the newest startups and the most interesting startups. doesn't matter if they're new or old. So could you tell us none that you're affiliated with? Yes. Uh, but a friend startup or one that you read about in the news or one that's interesting to you on, on the tech crunch or anything really. Do you have any Sacramento area or Silicon Valley startups that you've heard about, uh, new or old, that you'd like to just briefly mention and say, yeah, they're cool. Or interesting product. Uh, As an engineer, you're right. It seems like an interesting piece of technology. Yes, I'll have to. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to attach the link to the podcast, but I'll have. It'll to be in the show notes. Okay. Everybody. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I'll I'll send uh, John a link to it. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's a super new startup, but 
Um, Sacramento? Uh, Sacramento yep, startup. Yeah. And uh, they're using the, the blockchain, uh, basically creating uh, these geographical bounties um, okay. that people can uh, do work uh, for these bounties and get paid in Bitcoin. Uh, it's just uh, no no face-to-face transaction. Just kind of put up a sign in your yard. Uh, here's a bounty. We'll pay you for it. Uh, do the work, and you'll get paid. Yeah, great. Um, and so anyways, I can't think of the name of it right now, but uh, super cool, uh, awesome guys that are working on it. And It'll be in the show notes. There you go. Cool. And then final, final thing for me. Uh, this episode is in part sponsored by... Uh, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> tell us. Are you on the edge of your seat? <laughs> tell us. Uh, Ebony Cesar Entertainment. All right. They're a hip-hop label in the Sacramento area. From South Sacramento. South Sac, Iraq, as they call it. The locals call it. Uh... <laughs> They don't call it that necessarily, but South Sacramento. And it is a startup hip-hop label, Ebony Cesar Entertainment. Uh, Their website will be up by the time you're listening to this. Okay, there you go. And it'll be in the show notes. They're sponsoring this podcast in part. And also brought to you by andracapital.com. They are not... Officially sponsoring us, for the record, but I, uh, at Tech Bramble, uh, we advise andracapital.com, and we also raise their their first billion dollar fund. So to give you a little bit of background on that, if you are a non-U.S. citizen, the minimum investment is $1,000. If you are a U.S. citizen, you have to be SEC qualified investor, minimum $5 million uh, in net worth. That's net worth, not cash on hand. Um, or whatever way you're a qualified investor by SEC regulations. It is an SEC-regulated fund. It's called andracapital.com. Contact Tech Bramble if you would like to learn more. Um, and that will be going public. Uh, right now, it's private investors only. You have to go through myself or another advisor or someone from Andrew Capital. Um, but they are a blockchain-enabled venture fund based in Silicon Valley. Awesome. And they're selling a billion Silicon Valley coins, andrewcapital.com, uh, for $1 a piece. Private sale. As soon as it goes public, That's a deal. as soon as it goes public, the price will change. I can't tell you which way it's gonna go. I can't promise any gains. Uh, nobody can promise you that. Not but, a stock advisor. Uh, I'm not a stock advisor. Exactly. However, if you'd like to invest, please contact TechBramble.com or AndrewCapital.com to learn more. And for further uh, information, stay tuned. They'll be going public with this fund at the end of the year, most likely. I am not the director. I'm simply an advisor. I can't promise you anything from Andrew Capital, but I'm an advisor. I can promise you I can onboard you as an investor if you're interested. And they are unofficially, uh, in part, also sponsoring Tech Bramble for this podcast uh, episode. Finally, sponsored by... uh, Bitcoin.com. If you would like to invest in Bitcoin, get a Bitcoin wallet, anything related to Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, which is incredible. I I encourage you to learn more about Bitcoin Cash through Bitcoin.com. Buy some, put it in your wallet. Contact TechBramble.com if you need any help. We are also now selling our Bitcoin Wizard t-shirts. Nice. Ask me about my internet money. It'll be in the store uh, on techbramble.com and soon coming to bitcoin.com. You could buy it from either one of us. And that's the show. Cool. We're ending in Starbucks in Sacramento, right down the street from our office in the Urban Hive. This is John Potter, uh, and this is Seneca Seneca Gonzalez. Thanks so much, John, for having me here. Thank you for spending so much time. Yeah. I know you're a busy man. Yeah, check out and, 
<laughs> Check out HarmonyLegal.com and TechBramble.com, AndrewCapital.com, Bitcoin.com, and Ebony Cesar Entertainment uh, in the show notes. And also that startup will also be in the show notes, yes, along yes, with a few other things, along with a transcript of this entire episode, uh, including myself, Seneca, Ryan Chan, and everyone else you heard on this podcast episode. Tune in. We will have an episode uh, twice a week for podcasts. And also check out our articles, uh, also on techbramble.com. Have a magical day. Goodbye. And that's it for the Tech Bramble podcast today. Please join us next time. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thanks to Ryan from Upkeep. And thanks very much also to Seneca from Harmony Legal. You can reach them at onupkeep.com and harmonylegal.com. I'd also like to encourage you to check out andracapital.com. They are the first VC offering blockchain-enabled SEC-backed tokens that represent their investment fund. I encourage you to learn more at andracapital.com. If you have any interest in investing early before they go public, please contact Tech Bramble on our website. There's a few different ways to contact us on there. And we will get in touch with you uh, if you are interested in investing in andrewcapital.com. Thank you. Bye. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Lying awake, content and tuning in on you. If I were young and didn't stop you coming through. They took the credit for your second symphony. Rewritten by a machine on new technology And now I understand the problem you could see Oh, oh, I met the children Oh, oh, what did you tell them? Video killed the radio star Video killed the radio star In my mind and in my car We can't rewind No, really, that's the end of the show. Go to techbramble.com for more. Have a good one.